0: This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com.
1: To the 15 to the 10. Murray's going to score. Touchdown.
0: Welcome
2: to the Cardinals Red Sea Report.
1: Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. One hand catch and a touchdown. DeAndre Hopkins.
2: The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcast visit azcardinals.com slash podcast. Here we go.
1: Over the shoulder catch by Kirk in the end zone for a touchdown. Oh, baby. How's that feel?
2: Here's Craig Grealou, Mike Jurecki, and 13-year NFL veteran Drew Stanton. So I don't
3: know about either of you, but I am feeling a heck of a lot better today than I was yesterday. And, yes, it has everything to do with the outcome of Monday Night Football the cap to the San Francisco 49ers as the Cardinals once again with a one, one-and-a-half game lead in the division on the Rams. More on that in the moment, but we do have to talk about what happened on Sunday, or maybe better said, what didn't happen. We have seen this, though, throughout the league, where teams, good teams, have games like this. Drew, I don't need you to answer why this happens, but is there, again, what is the reason why things like this tend to happen? Because it's not just a Cardinals issue, but the Buccaneers, the Bills, the Titans, the Cowboys. I mean, across the board, there's always at least one of these games every year.
4: Yeah, well, it, it happens each and every week, right? You see this because they go out there on a team that's hungrier or they, they dictate – the outcome of the game based on the flow of the game and that's what exactly what carolina came in here and did and were able to establish everything that they wanted to um and just it was a dominating performance but again it was one performance and i think it's keeping that in perspective um much like we've tried to do it in the mentality of that locker room you talk about it and those guys are very well aware of it of how you know right wrong or indifferent win or loss or a tie like we saw in detroit you move on from it and you build from it and you you correct the mistakes and i think that's really what everybody is talking about how we're jockeying for position in the playoffs and all that stuff this is a wake up call that it is a weekly business that you go out there and you have to put your best foot forward or else you're going to get beat
5: are we to a point in the year though we shouldn't pay attention to the records because you know on paper all the cardinals should have beat the panthers Obviously, you know, McCaffrey missed five games. The quarterback was struggling, uh, but they felt like, you know, bringing in Cam and and P.J. Walker, I don't know. I just say, you know, even though the records don't look as good as the teams are playing, I throw out the records at this point in the year because uh, they're trying to get back in the race, and right now they could be the seventh seed, and Cardinals (laughs) would play them in the first round in two versus seven, getting ahead of myself, but it's just interesting. We get to this point in the year, and, you know, it's just saying teams are like focusing more on running the football, keeping the Cardinals on the sidelines. So it's, it's that that point in the year where throughout the record, just play football.
4: Yeah, no, I think that's a great point. And that's really what you're looking at and seeing it. And we're all outsiders looking in. At this point right the 17th game what does that mean do you rest the guy to try and make sure that he's capable of going and being available in December you know that's what we're wondering with Kyler at this point when can he go out there and play but at the same time you know like I said these guys are making a paycheck and these young guys that get opportunities you can't take them for granted and that defense is salty they've been very good all year they just haven't been able to put up points but that defense gets after the quarterback they do a lot of things you know and they're very multiple in a lot of different ways that Create a lot of you know mishaps for defenses and kind of play into your hand, and they were able to put it together. You know, obviously with Cam coming back, that shot in the arm, and everybody saw his uh, you know welcome back, I'm I'm back uh, statements that he was making, but that's what you have to go up against each and every week because you have to see the demeanor of the team and like you said those points you're getting christian mccaffrey back who's as good as it gets in this league and when he has that many catches it's going to be a long day for you and you look at the stats within the stats and we can twist them and we can make them out to what we want to be with wins and losses but what it ultimately comes down to is what kind of momentum does that team have coming in what kind of of um swag are they playing with at that point and you see that and it can change overnight we saw a team completely flat with san francisco and then they come out on monday night football in front of everybody and just straight up smack the los angeles rams in the mouth when everybody's talking about all these pieces they've added the final on
3: sunday at state farm stadium 34 to 10 really wasn't even that close the panthers jumped out to a 17 nothing lead after the first 15 minutes it was 23 nothing at halftime the head coach cliff kingsbury what happened happened during those 60 minutes on the field?
2: You got to give them a lot of credit. Uh, I thought they they coached and played with a real sense of urgency that we didn't have. They played with emotion and um, really got after us. So we got to figure it out quick. Got a big division game next week on the road and we got to flush this and get better.
3: Kingsbury also added, Drew, that he would think at that point this was post game on sunday they would watch the film together as a coaching staff but they might not watch it together as a player maybe within the position groups but not as an entire team when you have a game like that is it better to look at the film and look at where you can make mistakes or just say "Hey, we know what happened we don't need to revisit what happened?
4: Well, I think it depends on the mistakes, right? Like, this is a team that effort has been a given for the first course of the season. And you see these guys flying around on defense. They're doing all these things, and you almost took it for granted. And I was highlighting it and emphasizing those things because those are what allows you to go out there and play together as a unit defensively. What allows you to go out there and not worry about stats. And that wasn't there. That's what was alarming to me. And it was almost like they exhaled where the, they had been pressing the envelope and talking about things and had to deal with adversity. And sometimes when your back's against the wall, it's a lot easier to circle the wagons and say, hey, guys, we got to go out and do this. we got to go out and do this and do this. But when the battle cry kind of falls by the wayside and you said, okay, well, we got a Carolina team that's coming in. And they just signed Cam off the street this week. And who knows if Christian's going to be healthy or blah, 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 all of these things. And we just went out and beat you know, a team on the road. Now we're home there's a tendency to relax, and that's what Cliff alluded to and was talking about, and that starts at the top and comes down from there. So it's been addressed. I think it's great to go watch it as a team. I would prefer to watch it as an offensive unit because, to me, the most important thing in this league on a week-to-week basis is communication. And when things get lost in translation when you're in a separate room or you're doing something differently you're not communicating with the wide receivers i mean we would always watch it with the wide receivers because a quarterback and wide receiver that relationship is the utmost importance but then you're also hearing what the offensive line is talking about you're sitting there and you're kind of saying okay where did we lose this here or did we not make the right mic call did we not why weren't we on the same page with the over route that happened here or why we threw a picker or, or any of these things that kind of transpired and you're hearing it right from the horse's mouth as opposed to is saying, well, you know, this is what he should have done and this is what his coach should have done. When you take that accountability, I think that really helps you to take more ownership of this entire offense. So, yes, it was a little bit of, okay, deviating from what they wanted to do. How do we get back on course and go in and trying? We're in, in a really, really tough environment up in Seattle. Now, no, when you
5: have, excuse me, as long as you've been in the league, how many times would you watch film with the entire team versus position?
4: Very rarely do you watch it with the entire team. I think with that's what Cliff said yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that doesn't happen unless you're trying to have a call-out session, which those are uncomfortable anyways. Of like, hey, like you didn't give effort here, and they highlighted, and that's usually a uh, Belichickian way of doing things because they want everybody to be almost to the point of like, man, like looking over your shoulder. And there's a different mentality. I think offensively, when you can watch that as an entire group, and most of the time we would just watch it as a skill group, right? Like the offensive lineman, what they're doing, and and they're looking at tight. Copies. They don't care about anything going on besides what's inside the box. But when you can watch as an entire, you know, you get the tight ends in there, because they're really important to be able to control that middle portion of the field. You get the wide receivers and their running backs. You want to be able to communicate all of these things because again, like I said, that the skill group guys, the core group of guys they need to be all speaking the exact same language at a very high level and it has to happen quickly. The margin of error is so small in this league and things happen so quickly that you wanna make sure that you're flushing out anything that might have created hesitation or cause for pause or, or anything that led to mistakes. That weren't allowing all 11 guys to be on the same page. Had not seen a performance like that out of the Cardinals in any of the
3: first nine games of the season. More from Sunday postgame. Devon Kennard talking with Paul calvisi
0: They came out, played harder uh, than us from the jump. You know, punched us in the mouth, and I don't think we ever uh, all the way responded uh, offensively, defensively, and probably special teams. Um, we didn't just we didn't play well enough.
3: Again, no Kyler Murray, no DeAndre Hopkins, Justin Pugh. Max Garcia did not play. There are four starters right there. There is no definitive updates on Murray, although Kingsbury on Monday said, quote, it's going to be close as far as his availability this week. You also have Colt McCoy dealing with a chest injury. He's listed day-to-day, and I joke with you before the show began, Drew, but uh, your phone did not ring. The Arizona Cardinals were not on the other end or anything like that for this no, week? No, no. They're not situation. that desperate yet. Okay. <laughs> there was, though, a report from ESPN's Field Yates this morning that the Cardinals tried to sign Shane Buchel off the Chiefs practice squad, and the Chiefs said, uh, no, we'll add him to the active roster.
5: Yeah, and they have Chad Henney as the backup. Obviously, something happens to Mahomes, but just watching the preseason i was thoroughly impressed the way he was throwing the football he's a big tall guy he can make all the throws and and again if somebody's going to try to poach him off your your um uh your your practice squad then it, he he has to make a decision and he's been in that system so it's and here it would probably wouldn't have been short lived even though you got to keep him on the roster for 3 weeks um but obviously they're trying to look at some other uh, options
3: So we'll have to wait and see what happens with practice on Wednesday. Will we see Kyler Murray at practice at some point this week? If not, hopefully, knock on wood, it will be Colt McCoy because we saw him do it against San Francisco. We just didn't see him do it against the Carolina Panthers.
5: Yeah, and again, you've got to give the Panthers a lot of credit. We talked about their defense all week, and and the the game plan was, you know, keep P.J. Walker in the pocket. He was getting rid of the the ball about 2.1 seconds, so I think you're seeing why didn't Chandler Jones get to the quarterback. He didn't throw the ball over 20 yards down the field, so everything was kind of dink and dunk, and obviously I thought Isaiah struggled trying to cover Christian McCaffrey in the open field.
3: The Panthers did – What the cardinals have been doing to teams this season jump on you early make you one-dimensional and then all of a sudden you walk away with a better contest or at least a game in which you were certainly much better as far as the statistics were concerned
4: yeah when you make them deviate from plan a and you go to plan b or c it, it just you have to find a way to overcome that and unfortunately that that wasn't the case this weekend at home and and you can Point at a lot of different things, and you can say, "Well, Colt didn't play as well as he played last week," or, "Or you know, they're missing DeAndre," or "They didn't establish the run." You know, it was just a lot of guys not on the same page. That's really what I kind of—I mean, you see the touchdown even. You know, when Byron Murphy's are sitting trying to communicate because they didn't get the right coverage or or communicate the in and out. So a lot of little things that can just be cleaned up. But but the beauty of it is it's one game. You know, and you can move on from that, and you know you pick up the pieces, and now you try and get a good taste back in your mouth going into the bye. What I didn't
3: like is that it happened at home, and it was a conference game. You don't pick and choose when you have these games, but when we're at this point in the season, you start looking at seedings and tiebreakers. It's the game that might come back to the Cardinals. Hopefully not. Again, week 11, the Cardinals in Seattle. We'll touch on the Seahawks a little bit later on in the show here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Subscribe to Arizona Cardinals Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Listen to your favorite shows on the go, like the Day Patch podcast, Cardinals Underground, Cardinals Cover 2, The Big Red Rage, and, of course, this show, the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. We do it every Tuesday year-round, 11 a.m., talking all things Arizona Cardinals football. When we come back, yes, we'll touch specifically on what did not happen offensively on Sunday against the Carolina Panthers. This is the Arizona
1: Cardinals Radio Network. down at the 31 of Carolina McCoy into center bunch formation to his right takes the snap turns play action now boots to the near side right throws back across the middle and it is picked off intercepted by Jackson at the 20. he gets up and runs at the 30 and he's dumped by Rondell Moore at the 32. Colt McCoy tried to throw it back to the middle of the field it was way over the head of the intended receiver fourth and one on their 42. Under center is McCoy. It's a quarterback sneak. Oh, boy. He did not get it. He did not get it. In fact, he may have even lost a yard there. The Panthers stuff McCoy, and the Carolina Panthers take over in Cardinal territory for the second time here in five minutes. Not a good start.
3: Not a good start at home. Not a good start against a team coming in struggling. Before Sunday, the Panthers had lost 5 of 6, and they beat the Cardinals 34-10. to 10. As we continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report, Craig Realu, Drew Stanton, and Mike Jarecki the play call there, the decision by Colt McCoy to throw the interception, he even acknowledges afterwards that that was not a smart decision. I did not have a problem with the decision to go forward on fourth down. Kingsbury historically has been very, very aggressive. Did not like the decision on third and one with Eno Benjamin on the field and the quarterback sneak. I think that's just more execution than play call. But that's, that's just me.
5: I mean, in third and one, um, James Conner was getting the rock. Nothing against Eno Benjamin. I mean, to me, it's and, and and again the quarterback. I understand fourth and one. The problem is the Panthers scored on that the, and then that on their drive there because they had great field position. It was a direct snap to McCaffrey. Got down to what two yard line and then Cameron it in. Um, there's there's a couple options there. Give it to Connor on third down. Um, obviously punt force them to go the length of the field, considering you already gave up you know, seven points early, Son Reddick the third play of the game. Now, I didn't know they were going to be down 23 nothing at the half. You just kind of like, let them go the length of the field with a young quarterback. I mean, you could force a turnover, but their game plan was, we're going to run it and give McCaffrey some options, and it obviously worked. Play
3: calling, Drew, very subjective. You could have the best play call, and it's just not executed very well, and then the opposite, you call a poor play call, but it's you, for whatever reason, there's a slip-up or whatever, and all of a sudden it's the 10, 15-yard gain. I was like, oh, what a great call. I was like, well, no, this guy didn't do his job. That guy didn't do his job. But no one knows any of that.
4: Yeah, it's like when Kyler scrambled for that touchdown and threw it to Rondell Moore and he ran 60 yards down the sideline. It's <laughs> unbelievable. I was like, yeah, he made a miss and, you know, he should have gotten the ball out. But in saying all of that, right, like you want to have a plan and you want to have an idea going into that. So, uh, if you know you're going for it on fourth down in your territory and you just get this sense of desperation going for it, you would like to see potentially a complementary play on fourth and one as opposed to just a quarterback sneak of saying, okay, well, if you know you're going to go for it on fourth down, then why not sneak it on third down if that's the case? Or, or you can play off of it, like you said. It's a game of feeling that, and that's where I think A lot of people miss the boat with analytics is because there's no emotion involved with analytics, and you see that. And as a play caller, you've got to be really good on how you feel the flow of the game is going. So if he felt like they needed a shot in the arm in his own territory, then you know you're going for it on fourth down, so the third down call could be different. Now, I don't know that I can't speak for Cliff, um, but if you feel like, hey, this is a football team that we're better than, and we just need to kind of find our rhythm because we turn the ball over early, then you punt the ball away and you live to do that and you play the field position game so I mean I've, I've kind of outlined my thoughts and how I would proceed as a play caller or how I like to operate within the confines of the game because that first half it, turnovers are precious you, you don't want to turn the ball over as a quarterback and I was very cognizant of that tried not to turn the ball over but again there's those split second decisions when you get outside the pocket and you know quarterback one on says he never throw across your body but you do and you can also sense that momentum as a quarterback because you want to take control and take charge of what's going on so you know it's the fine line and the margin of error is so small within this league as i had talked about earlier that when you do that you sit and go man that was stupid nobody needs to point it out to you now the way they started the game short pass to hurts one yard
5: uh pass to aj green for four yards and then there's hassan reddick I was surprised they didn't come out and try to run the football a little bit. Again, it's subjective. If, if, yeah. if, uh, obviously, if they protect uh, McCoy, he doesn't turn the ball over. So it's it's a tr- downward trickle effect. But, again, just little things that, you know, again, it, what was disappointing to me is, to me, energy and passion, that should be there every game. Every game. I mean, it, it's, it should be in, in your DNA, But they did come out a little flat, and they did not match their intensity. And that was a disappointing thing. Again, it's only one loss. Uh, Look at the big picture. You're still 8-2. The sun came up today. You've got to get through this next game and then get all these guys back after the bye week going to Chicago. But. Uh, Again, you just don't know when that game is going to happen, and it clearly happened on Sunday. The
3: numbers don't look good from an offensive perspective. Cardinals' season low, total points, total yards, net passing yards, net rushing yards, and first downs. Here's quarterback Colt McCoy.
5: First and foremost, I've got to play better. But anytime you get in the hole 14 points, it's tough to dig out against a defense like that. We had some things. We just didn't capitalize on them. You know, one guy made a mistake here. One guy made a mistake here. I made a mistake throwing back across my body. I just, I can't do that. That's... I know way better than that. Um, but the, all, all those small little things kind of compiled on us, and we just we just dug ourselves a, a giant hole we couldn't get out of.
3: Again, 17 nothing at the end of the first quarter, 23 nothing at halftime. Now on the flip side, defensively, the Cardinals' defense allowed 341 yards to a Panthers team that had been, again, struggling. They had only scored one touchdown in their past three games heading into Sunday's contest, and yet what they do, They added Cam Newton, his first two offensive snaps, touchdown run, touchdown pass. Carolina certainly was able to do whatever it wanted against the Cardinals defense. Here's Devon Kennard.
0: I don't make excuses for this defense because we're a talented group and we've been in those hard uh, situations and positions before and have came out with stops and we didn't do it today we could have we, uh, we could have played, played better we've we've been in the red zone and gotten stops before uh, we let them score too easily and uh, you know obviously playing a good team you never want to be in those positions but you're, you're going to be at times and it's all about how, we, how you respond and I think we could have done, done a better job.
5: You mentioned lack of touchdowns McCaffrey missed five games Okay, and and the fact is that he was targeted in, in the uh, you know obviously in the passing game, but to me somebody else has to step up besides Christian Kirk. I don't know if Rondell Morris hit the rookie wall. Uh, Marco Wilson, he's got to turn around for the ball. I mean, it's their rookies. Uh, you know, normally they're getting ready for a bowl game or a conference camp championship game. AJ Green, I want to see some other guys step up to help Colt McCoy out. I would think you know Zach Ertz is a target. Uh, especially if you can get to the red zone. Uh, But they just couldn't run the football, and it put them behind the sticks and and obviously not good on third down. Once again, time of possession, total plays. It was overwhelming with the Panthers.
3: Cardinals ran for just 65 yards. The Panthers, 166. And as much as the addition of Cam Newton is going to be talked about, and deservedly so, Drew, it's Christian McCaffrey who returned a week ago but really got his legs under him, I think, on Sunday and had – between his rushing and receiving 161 total yards from scrimmage.
4: Yeah, I mean there's only a handful of complete backs in this league, and he's one of them. And when he's healthy, he changes the dynamic of that offense, of that organization. And that's why you invest in a guy like that. That's why he, you know, is a single digit pick as a running back, because there's not that many of those guys. And the effect that he had on that game was huge, because you see him coming out of the backfield, you can split him out, and how do you cover him in that cat and mouse game that you talk about? But I wanted to go back to what MJ was talking about, too. The ability to set up your opening 15 plays or whatever it is is really, really crucial, and you want to have that balance with the run and the pass. You want to get into different formations. You want to get in different personnel groups because you can kind of flow, feel a flow of how the game's going to go from there, and when you get you know, in the course of that and it doesn't go the way you want to. You kind of start sitting there, and you you hit the panic button a little bit too early. And I think within that, when you're also missing a guy like Chase Edmonds, a guy that's charismatic, that gets everybody else around him to play better, that's a guy that we haven't even mentioned today because we're like, James Conner is a lead back, and he did so good. But this has been all year at Tandem. And when you insert... Just one guy, and you're worried about overloading him, or you want Eno out there, or all of this stuff, it becomes a different dynamic if the communication isn't there because Chase can do a lot of different things for you and multiple within that, and you see the effect of the running back position because you can't take that for granted. That's one thing that I think has got brushed aside a little bit and yes the uh, the demeanor of the team was completely different but how they went about attacking them you know they didn't ever find that flow because they deviated right from the onset
3: unfortunately edmonds is going to miss at least two more games on injured reserve and then of course you watch what chase edmonds is capable of doing and that's what christian mccaffrey was able to do with the run and the receiving here's head coach cliff kingsbury on the panthers running back
2: I mean, he's a tremendous player. We knew we'd give a, get a heavy dose of him in both the run game and pass game, and you got to give them credit. They had a good plan and executed at a high level.
3: It was fun to watch if you weren't a Cardinals fan.
5: Yeah, so if you go, to go back to the two previous games, he was about 30% of snap count, 49 in this game over 60%. And they knew right away, they knew all day on Sunday that they were going to run the football, run the football, and then utilize and play action and get him in the passing game. Cardinals
3: defensively allowed the Panthers to convert 7 of 15 on third down, but there were not a lot of third and long situations. In other words, Chandler Jones, Marcus Golden, Devon Kennard, could they get after a P.J. Walker or Cam Newton? And more times than not, the answer was no. Here's Kennard.
0: You know, we're playing behind the eight ball, so they, they didn't have to pass the ball very much. And when they did, it was quick passes, quick passes to the running backs, to the, you know, quick slants. So there wasn't, um, there wasn't an awful lot of time to, to get there, one, and, and then they're running the ball. So, you know, we weren't stopping the run well enough. So they're, they're running it d- uh, down our throat and able to, to you know, one thing Vijay always talks about is win first down. And, you know, I don't think we won enough of those that they, they got us.
3: Speaking of VJ, Vance Joseph winning on first down. I went through the numbers this morning, Drew. The Cardinals defense allowed 5.4 yards on first down. <laughs> Yikes. There were 31 plays run for a total of 167 yards. 17 of the 31 plays went for four or more yards. So third and short, or even second and short, and then all of a sudden you can't do what you want and be aggressive defensively.
4: Yeah, the playbook is wide open offensively, and that's what has made Cam Newton his career so good. When you know On the teams that I was on here against him, is when you're in second, Five seconds, second six there's wide open it's it's pass run whatever you want because it's going to be third and manageable regardless of what you're doing and when they had d'angelo williams and jonathan stewart it's the same type of blueprint right you have a, a mobile quarterback that can do that but anytime a running back averages almost seven and a half yards a carry it's going to be a long day and the longest run that he had was 15 yards sitting here and look at it so you you Marry those two up, and you see, okay, they weren't successful on first down, as Devon was talking about. But then through the running backs, 14 catches by running backs. That lets you know they weren't pushing the ball down the field. There were no chunk plays. They were just meticulously moving the ball down the field. And eventually, you know, you wear out. P.J. Walker completed just under 75% of his passes
5: for 157 yards, did not throw the ball beyond 20 yards down the field. His average per throw, 2.1 seconds. (laughs) <laughs> and then when people want to know why they can't get to the quarterback, they're getting rid of the ball quicker. They're chipping Chandler. Uh, clearly, you know, you you got to win some one-on-one matchups, but it's easier said than done, and it's not always sacks, hits, pressures, knockdowns where it can lead to turnovers. So a lot of people are on why isn't Chandler stepping up? Well, when they're getting rid of the ball that fast, it's it's difficult to get to them.
3: And you want that quarterback to be standing in the pocket on second and long or third and long in the Panthers just didn't have many of those opportunities on Sunday but that was week 10 week 11 right around the corner as we focus in on the Seattle Seahawks the day PASH podcast episode 16 premieres Wednesday featuring ESPN and ABC NBA analyst Jeff Van Gundy to catch up on past episodes follow the day PASH podcast via your preferred podcast provider get the latest updates via the Twitter at PASH pod we have had halftime here on this week's Cardinals Red Sea reports. We'll focus in on the Seattle Seahawks on the other side. Craig Riolu, Drew Stanton, and Mike Jarecki, the Cardinals Red Sea Report here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network.
1: And shotgun, has the football, short set, throws a deep ball. Left side, single coverage, and it is pulled in by DeAndre Hopkins, and he's got a touchdown. What a throw by Kyler Murray, and what a catch by Nuke to put the Cardinals on the board with 2.39 to go in the first. Nuke was
2: one-on-one, great throw by Kyler Murray, but an even better
1: read, touchdown. We said it's going to be Russell Wilson or Kyler Murray. Whoever plays better, that's who's going to win this game. Snaps to Murray, and he keeps it himself, running left. Got a defender with him at the five. Breaks a tackle, dives, ball comes out, but he crossed the plane, touchdown.
2: Kyler Murray somehow, someway found a way to get that pig across Pater. Big time play, Kyler Murray. Yeah, yeah.
3: Last season at home, the Cardinals beat the Seahawks 37-34. to They would lose on the road in Seattle, splitting the season series for the second straight year. But now, first time this season, the Cardinals will see Russell Wilson and company coming up on Sunday. 225 is the kickoff from Lumen Field. 9.30 a.m. pregame coverage begins here on the Arizona Cardinals radio network as we welcome you back to the Cardinals Red Sea Reports. As we look at the Seahawks, team coming off a loss to the green bay packers 17 to nothing they have lost four of five russell wilson did return drew though he did not play well he said his finger was not an issue but maybe that was the game to knock the rust off and now this week especially at
4: home is the game we see russell wilson Let's hope not. I mean, <laughs> I, uh, I think the Seattle defense is always going to be great as long as Bobby Wagner is, is in the middle. I mean, he is infectious the way that he plays. He gets everybody in the right call. They do a lot of things. The, this team is different, though, offensively, and what they're trying to do. I, I think Chris Carson not being healthy really hurts them. That guy is an underrated back. He doesn't self-promote. He doesn't get talked about. He's just a hard-nosed runner. Um, you know, and they're trying to transition into more of that um, Ram style of offense because that's who their play caller is and I don't know if that really fits what Russell does I mean Russell wants to, to cook right and he's not <laughs> able to cook in that offense so within what they're trying to do and, and some of the spectacular plays that we've seen uh, from Russ over the years those are just because he makes so many people miss in scramble drills he's so good the game is so slow to him when he's out of the pocket and finding guys open down the field and doing all these things and it seems like Debo or uh, not DK Metcalf is continually getting personal foul penalties, he's getting thrown out of games, like when you have a marquee player like that and you can't get him to consistently play, it's really hard to establish things on offense and they're trying to find their running game, they're trying to do all that much like everybody else in this league so, you know, you want to limit the amount of exposure you have from your quarterback because you want Russ to be in there playing much like why you want to limit how much Kyler is running, so it's the finding the balance within all of that, distributing the ball, I mean, I think that Tyler Lockett is a tremendously underrated player, and they're going to try and push the ball down the field. They're going to try and get big plays. Unlike uh, Carolina, what they, their MO is, they want to push the ball down the field and get big plays, and they've been able to do that in the past.
5: Wilson, 12 of 40, 161 yards. He was sacked three times, uh, two interceptions. First time he's been shut out in 166 games throughout his career, including the playoffs. He said he's healthy. You watch the game. Did you see any difference in – we know he obviously is a guy that can extend plays, but did you see anything different where maybe he
4: didn't have the same touch on his ball? Well, I think it's just a feel for it, right? It's one thing in practice, and the, there's a heightened sense of awareness when you get out of that field, and the margin of error, again, is small. I feel like that's my tagline for the week, but within that, when you when you have a game like that, it is knocking the rust off. It is doing that, because you've got to find that it's, it's a foreign feeling of, like, man, this finger, and there's such pressure and where you place pressure with your thumb and your forefinger and how the ball comes out when you're when you've got to put more touch on it, or you put it in an area, or let it rip. All of these things can't be replicated in practice they can't because the timing isn't there, the sense of urgency isn't there and there's not guys running at you live trying to hit you, (laughs) like all of these things add up and against a Green Bay defense that we saw a couple weeks ago is is starting to play at a really high level so uh, a lot of that I, I think you just put it in that box for that one week and you expect him to come out because he's an MVP caliber of player that can put a team on his back as he has in the past and go out there and win a football game.
3: Seahawks three and six just one and three at home and the Cardinals success on the road in Seattle documented four and two over the last six visits what is it about playing in Seattle and maybe even specifically the Cardinals going to Seattle because it was you Carson Bruce Arians, that's kind of when things clicked for the Cardinals going into Seattle.
4: Well, I think it's that mentality of us against the world, right? You go into that hostile environment and that idiot's holding this sign out trying to make you feel like, you know, my daughter's a better quarterback than you are or you guys, you know, have a safe flight home. There, There's that sense of, hey, we're going to go into this place and the noise is going to be cranking, it's going to be on top of you, it's going to be so loud, and they take pride in that 12th man. But when you can go in there and as a, a group of men can go out there and put your best foot forward and they got after, I mean, I can just remember all of the defensive linemen living in the backfield with Russ and you know, Calais Campbell and all these guys. So there is a recipe to that, much like why I think there was a little bit of, of – Uh, a deep breath taken last week against Carolina, there's going to be a heightened sense of urgency for a lot of different reasons. But understanding, okay, well, throw records out the window, as MJ was talking about. This is a Seattle football team that is capable of going out there. They still have their superstars. They have a home field advantage. This is a division game. There's all of these things that if this team says they are who they are and who they want to be going into the playoffs, the Arizona Cardinals are going to put their best foot forward and put a complete game together. And despite the record,
3: the Seahawks still just a game and a half out of that final playoff spot, the seventh seed, which is remarkable. But when you add that extra playoff team, more teams now able to say, hey, we're still alive, even though if you look at the standings, MJ, the Seahawks are 14th of a 16-team conference.
5: Yeah, I, I think this is going to be a difficult uh, game for the Cardinals regardless. I mean, if Kyler Murray was in there, I'd probably have a different uh, opinion on it. But Gerald Everett, free agent signing, he had eight catches for 63 yards. Metcalf, three catches for 26 yards. Lockett, two catches for 23 yards. He was targeted eight times. And, you know, Collins is a running back. They only ran the ball for 75 yards on 16 carries. So you got to think those numbers are going to be increased with Russell, obviously, gonna, the, the first game under his belt. Those are pedestrian numbers for guys like Tyler Locke and D.K. Metcalf.
3: Yeah, Wilson missed three games, so the numbers are kind of skewed. You look at the 30th best offense, 30th best passing attack. They're not scoring a ton of points, just a little over 20 a game. So a lot of things when you look at numbers and then you look at the film, I mean, we could see a very different Seahawks team here in Week 11 that we've seen – the first 10 weeks
4: yeah much like Carolina right who they have who's going to be out there playing quarterback for them what's the structure of the game plan going to look like can you take away what they want to do best I mean all of these things are going to play into that DK Metcalf is too talented he's waiting to kind of come back onto the scene because he's faded into the abyss and he's capable of doing it and that's a little bit of a scary matchup whoever you try and put on him because how do you stop him and how do you look at that with a guy because then who's covering Todd? Lockett and Gerald Everett again. They went out and got a free agent signing because they want to control that middle portion of the field. So it's all going to come down to stopping the run game, trying to make them one dimensional, and then Vance is going to try and pressure and heat them up and get them to the ground. I'll say this ever since Wilson was out, this defense has played a lot better.
5: They're ninth in points allowed, 20.7. Cardinals are fifth, 18.9. Wash. Now they are giving up 400 yards a game. To get around 275 in the passing game, 125 in in the Russia defense. Um, Don't really get to the quarterback, only 15 sacks. Um, But again, when they when he was out, they kind of shortened the game a little bit with Geno Smith and what was Geno one and two? One and two. And he had an opportunity maybe to win another game there, but the defense really stepped up. I was when I looked it up this morning. I'm like, wow, they're in the top ten points allowed, and really that all that matters when you're playing defense.
3: Well, you still got Russell Wilson. You still got Bobby Wagner on defense, yeah. and it doesn't matter when you talk about division games. Case in point, Monday Night Football, the Rams, head and shoulders more talented and have been playing better than the 49ers. Yet what happened?
5: And Now again, people are going to say, all right, how do you respond now after a loss at home to the Carolina Panthers? Yeah, good point. Yeah. Again, uh, tell me who's playing. I, I really think the Cardinals want to get through the Seattle game and then get the bye week, and, and I think we'll see. Any more injuries obviously would not be good, but uh, they're gearing up really for after the bye week. Chicago, the Monday night game against the Rams, they feel like that's when they're going to be able to make a run and get everyone back up. Kyler. Now, we'll see what happens this week in practice, but I know that after the bye week, they feel like they're going to hit the reboot button, and that's where they're going to excel going into the postseason.
3: Again, question marks with Colt. Excuse me, with Kyler Murray, Colt McCoy, DeAndre Hopkins, Justin Pugh, Max Garcia, so we'll kind of wait and see what happens as far as who or who is not on the practice field Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. There is perhaps some good news at running back. Jonathan Ward might be available this week as Tavian Feastrew was signed to the active roster has since been released, but no Chase Edmonds once again this week. He'll miss at least two more games, counting this Sunday. Drew, that was pretty impressive. We talked an entire segment about the Seattle Seahawks, and not once uh, did we bring up
4: the, the dance, the
3: sideline antics of one, Drew Stanton. Just. Type in Drew Stanton, 2015 Seahawks in the YouTube machine. They That's
5: had awesome. an ISO on him. They had an ISO camera on him. Otherwise, we never would have seen it.
3: Episode 8 <laughs> of Cardinals Folktales entitled Money Mike's Redemption premieres Wednesday on the Cardinals YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Cardinals. It's a look back at the crazy 2009 wildcard game against the Packers and the unlikely hero, who sealed the overtime victory for the Cardinals. Visit youtube.com slash azcardinals for all episodes of Cardinals Folk Tales. When we come back, the rest of the NFC West and how it shapes up for the Arizona Cardinals.
1: It is fourth and five for the Niners. Garoppolo in the gun, shotgun snap, they rush five, sets in the pocket, throws down the middle, caught at the 30-yard line, Samuel breaks a tackle, 20, on the numbers, the 10, the 5, they'll chase him into the end zone, touchdown, San Francisco! On fourth and five, they take it in, and that may be the dagger! 40-yard touchdown pass, Garoppolo to Samuel, and it's 30-7, to the Niners!
3: Gutsy decision to go for it there. Great execution on the pass and completion. 40 yards, Debo Samuel, Kevin Harlan, Westwood won as the 49ers win their fifth in a row over the los angeles rams and i believe won their first home game in like over a year and that does count the two games that they played at state farm stadium a year ago but uh, again as we open the show here on the cardinals red sea report thank you very much san francisco 49ers because the cardinals have a one game lead and really with the tiebreaker it's a two game lead now in the division cardinals eight and two rams seven and three but Cardinals
5: are three and zero in the division. The Rams
3: one and two in the division.
5: Yeah, and obviously they were thrilled, and I I thought it was one of the better off season moves going out and getting Matthew Stafford. Uh, you lose Robert Woods though; he was missing last night. They got to work Beckham in there. We know Cooper Cup, but um, yeah, I mean it's and their defense is they're getting gashed. They were able to run the ball forty four times last night, and, and it wasn't even close. And, and at some point you knew that they couldn't stop at 44 rushes for 156 yards so yeah I mean it was a big difference and you know Sean McVay they're they're making a lot of mistakes they haven't made it before. They're they have more penalties than they've had in the past, so they're not playing complimentary football, and that's where they benefited from that defense. and And when J- John Fossa was their special teams bones, they're not they're not like playing complimentary football, and it's showing up on on the scoreboard.
3: The most impressive part
5: of that game
3: last night, Drew, though, was watching the first quarter. It's 15 minutes long, typically what it takes, what, 35-40 minutes to go through an entire first quarter and last night, that 15 minutes took about maybe 20 minutes because <laughs> an 11-minute drive and it was a thing of beauty just to watch how effective the 49ers offensively were and
4: how lost the Rams defensively looked. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it was a 15 play drive? Is that how many? 18. Was, 18. 18 for okay, 80 15, plus yards? Whatever. Yeah, it was yeah. 15 at, that, at the point that it was that I heard it, and I was like, man, that's demoralizing. <laughs> when you can do that, or vice versa, you make somebody go three and out or sack All of these things, how you enter into the game is imperative, and they were able to do that with ease and never looked back. So, you know, you look at this division and you see how talented it is but I am a firm believer of team chemistry and the Rams don't have it you look at losing a guy that is the heart and soul and Robert Woods and what they were talking about that takes a toll and you can add as much talent in Von Miller and Odell Beckham and, and you can go out and make these offseason moves How is a team sport going to be dictated by, you know, pro bowlers? It's hard because it's all got to mesh. It's all got to come together, especially on defense. I mean, we've talked at nauseam about gap control and playing for each other and doing that, And that's what this Cardinal defense has done so well at such a high level for so long. So how can that chemistry mix and how can everybody kind of come together? Because talent isn't just the only issue that matters within how you go about playing this game and how you go out about winning a division really and, and that's what you want to see uh december football are you playing your best football in december because are you playing for one another
3: Cardinals and Seahawks coming up on Sunday. But when you look at what the rest of the division has, the Rams are off this week and then play at the Packers. And the 49ers, who have won two of three, play at the Jaguars. So, again, we talked about the Seahawks still being alive for that seventh seed. The 49ers are certainly alive for the seventh
5: seed. Yeah, I'm going back to that drive. Obviously, it was an interception. 18 plays, 88 yards, 93. And they had seven first downs. 11 minutes off the clock. (laughs) Yeah. You talk about setting the tone, and they did it the entire game. Uh, I, you know, I'm sure the Seahawks just want to get back in the, in the you know, the winner's circle, get a couple wins. But again, it's a lot, they're going to go as like the Cardinals with Kyler Murray. If Russell Wilson's still not ready, and, and again, he's going to be the starting quarterback. Um, but I got to think they're going to be able to put some points on the board, and it come could come down to the Cardinals' defense secondary trying to cover these guys uh, down the field because I, I got to assume they're going to try to bring. You know some chunk plays to loosen things up so they can try to run the football.
3: Now that's the division as far as the conference is concerned. The Cardinals the two seed because of their head-to-head loss with the Packers who will be at Minnesota this week. Then you look at the Cowboys. They're on the road at the Chiefs. Go Kansas City. The Buccaneers play the Giants on Monday Night Football. The Saints are at the Eagles and the Panthers who have the seventh seed are at home to Washington. And yes, we are sitting here getting ready for week 11 and we're talking about seedings and I don't know Drew maybe that's that's taboo for the player's standpoint but that's what we do when we have 6 days between games players you've got you got film to break down and we're sitting there figuring out all right if this team loses and that team wins and what can help the cardinals
4: yeah I'm over here chuckling as you can see because I've never <laughs> talked about more jockeying per positions in my life of playoffs <laughs> come now and and all of that I think as a player you are aware of okay We've got an NFC matchup. We've got an AFC matchup. Oh, these guys are going here. You can get a little bit of ahead. All of that stuff is going to shake itself out. And it's not like you're sitting there saying, well, we lost last week, so now we have to win this week. I mean, you're going out and putting your best foot forward regardless because we're all judged based off of the tape that we put out there. That's our resume. That's all that matters. And you're only as good as your last game. And that's the player's perspective.
3: Fans, though, hey, got to win in Seattle (laughs) on Sunday. 2.25 is the kickoff. 9.30 a.m. pregame coverage begins. Special thanks to those behind the scenes, Senior Broadcast Manager and Producer Jim Omohundro, Technical Director Jeff Darge. For Drew Stanton, Mike Gerecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you in one week's time, and hopefully talking about a Cardinals win in Seattle. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network.
2: You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report.
1: Kirk, he got it. He's in. Touchdown. Huda Baker with the sack. Stripped the ball. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Oh,
2: baby. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app.
0: Touchdown.
1: Cardinals win.
2: This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals football club.